This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. We're talking to Andrew Chung. He's the CEO of Novo Property Good, and most importantly, he's a Wharton graduate. And we are just talking to him about his move from private equity to becoming an entrepreneur um, and the pluses and minuses of when he did it, not early in, er- in his career, but rather later in his career. But let's switch gears a little. And one of your most exciting new projects is 2505 Bruckner. What Want to talk about that a little bit? What's Why is that an exciting project? Well, first of all, um, it used to be called the Whitestone Cinemas, and it actually was a uh, drive-in cinema way back. Mm. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and, uh, you just there's, triggered there's us. Yeah, yeah Andrew, you just triggered in my, us. In my firm, yeah. who actually saw a movie there. Wow. Um, interestingly enough, um, I wasn't old enough to go to the movies when it was a drive-in <laughs> cinema, but I actually saw a movie when it was a modern type of cinema, mm-hmm. um, modern type of movie theater. I saw War of the Roses. I still remember today. Oh, wow. yeah. oh, wow. um, Michael Douglas and uh, yeah, right? exactly, yeah, and yeah. Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, I also, it was on the way to, well, I lived in Queens. I went to high school in the Bronx. But it was, I saw it every day because it was on the way to high school. Tell us what that has to do with all these changes you talked about, like e-commerce and right. technology. Right. And, and identifying sure. an opportunity based on this, this need that you've identified, or this context of... Sure. Yeah. So we just had this gut feeling that, um, that uh, e-commerce is on the rise, and obviously that's not a tremendously smart gut feeling, but... Um, <laughs> well, you're brilliant. We wow. taught you well. <laughs> we conclude that the sky is blue. And uh, film at 11. They learned something. (laughs) I love it. You didn't remember your marketing professor, but I taught you. (laughs) You're going to keep on doing that. (laughs) Um, So, but there was another ancillary to that, a corollary to that was that, um, that delivery time expectations um, were compressing. Right, so exactly. The, the Amazon effect, I think of that as. Exactly. So those are the two demand factors. And what we realized was that as e-commerce rises, as there's more volume, and the delivery timeframes, the expectation is compressing, mm-hmm. the product needs to be closer to the consumer. Right. It just needs to be, right? Right. It's just an obvious, it kind of sounds obvious. Like, you know, if I have to deliver faster, I can do it cheaper as well as faster if the product is closer or to the Or you can have more efficient transportation. Exactly. So um, that was our gut. Um, we ended up buying 2505 Bruckner. Um, but then we also did hire a international renowned supply chain retailing consultant. And we spent, you know, a, a decent sum of money to basically, you know, prove out our gut. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after we spent that decent chunk of money mm-hmm. and about a couple of months the consultant comes back to us and says yes it is cheaper and faster if the product is closer to the consumer <laughs> please make the check money payable well to uh, scam artist uh, consultant uh, <laughs> P.O. box that's really great man <laughs> uh, but it was actually um, I'm, I'm, I'm making a little bit of fun here but <laughs> what we did find out was we found out the math behind all of that how it's being done today, mm. how, where the trends are going, where, where does the product need to be, who can deliver it, who, what, how much do they deliver it for, 
what are the windows in which people deliver it, and um, so we oh, learned. Oh, did ton. learn a lot. I mean, that's yeah, all we important. A ton. Right, yeah, right. And then we learned about Omnichannel and and Last about, Mile and Last Mile and Bopis, which is buy online and pick up right. in store, and then buy in store and deliver. We learned about all of that, and right. we learned about what where the retailers were in terms of changing their supply chain. Um, and we learned about logistics companies. In terms, and when let's just, I want to unpack some of that because some of that stuff's so interesting. So there's delivery. The last mile is the last mile delivery to the household, and that's very costly. The last mile is the most costly part of the delivery system, typically because it's idiosyncratic to a household, so you can't get any economies. And one of the ways to get around that is what you're calling BOPS, which is buy online, pick up in the store. An advantage of that is that you have the people come to you and. They they take the last mile themselves, so that's much that's right. more efficient. That's right. The other thing you have is a trend in terms of these logistics things is like distribution centers, which is what Amazon's building, as opposed to using your store as a kind of a you know existing store as kind of a distribution center, or which is more what Walmart's doing. Um, so though I think that's that's a, you just threw out all those words, but I think some of that is what you were talking about. Is that right? So yes. Um, but some of the ways that it's being done today is because of that's the infrastructure, right? Right, so exactly. They either own, they own the building or they lease the building. So they have to use that right, space, right, even right. though Which is what, where Walmart is. Walmart has so much physical or, space. Right, or like a store here in Manhattan. Like, right. you know, they have to use that space. So that's why they're distributing from the store. What we've learned, however, is distributing from the store, super expensive. Mm. Because of that last mile. Because because you have to carry inventory in a high retail price per foot. Mm -hmm. It's not only the last mile, it's inventory costs. Exactly. And plus you have salespeople doing the fulfillment. You don't want salespeople doing fulfillment. You want salespeople doing sales. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, sometimes they hire separate pickers or something like that that come in and do the fulfillment. That's different. You don't want to do that in a retail store. You want to do that in a warehouse format. Hmm. Okay, so how'd you solve the problem with this old drive-in yeah. movie theater? Yeah, <laughs> 2505. So what we built is probably, uh, it will be one of the first warehouses built in uh, New York City on a, on a non-built-to-suit but spec basis, you know, in decades. Because if you really think about it, probably the last warehouse built on a spec basis was like during the Industrial Revolution. And um, so... What we built was a modern, functionally relevant warehouse, and uh, what you mean, what we mean by that is hmm. extre- um, column spacing that fits today's racking systems. Um, okay, that's uh, English. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, can you... Ra- you know, racking systems. No, I know what it is, but can you exactly. unpack it a little? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So racking systems have you know certain um, they have certain dimensions. And you have to have the right column spacing in order to fit those racking systems. Okay. Um, and existing existing building stock of industrial of industrial uh, buildings in, like, let's say, New York City, they don't have that column spacing because they were built for a different purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ceiling height. Um, you don't see a lot of buildings with 28 clear or 32 clear. So we're building 28 to 32 clears. Um, it's interesting because we start thinking about more about space. Rather than square footage, we think about mm. volume. We think about cubic square cubic feet. Got right, it. right, yeah. up to the ceiling, what you can store. 
Exactly. Right. How does that impact then rent per square foot if you can have more volume? Right. So well, that's really interesting. And yeah. you're the first ones who did this. Uh, we are. Uh, we are one of the first. So. Um, the, the reason why urban is, hasn't happened is because, really because the, the time frames re- weren't really there yet, and urban land is really expensive. Mm. So you have to get to this inflection point where urban land that starts making sense or rents, the demand is there in order to pay for the rent. In order to pay for the land, yeah. Um, I mean, do you speak about that? It's funny in the news. Barney's is just closing down because their rent on Madison Avenue that doubled. You saw that thirty million yeah, to sixty million. Yeah, yeah. I, see that. I mean, there's yeah. an example of pretty expensive property. Yeah, so I, Barney's. Someone should come in, totally redo the supply chain, get a warehouse. Um, maybe it's an urban warehouse, and maybe it's twenty five oh five Brugner. And start fulfilling from <laughs> Richard <warehouse>. Perry. <laughs> wow, we're, we're wow. signaling you. <laughs> that, that was that was the most subtle plug in the history of plugs, Andrew. Well played, sir. <laughs> so um, you know, and start fulfilling from an urban warehouse rather than you know have a inefficient uh, floor plan. They probably have too much space in their in their in their in their existing building on 60th and Madison, and that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. So that's like a primary example of where they could literally reduce tons of money in their supply chain. Interesting. So let me ask you this, Andrew. So that I, to make sure I'm clear, you know, Barbara is the retail guru <laughs> and you're the real estate guru. I want to make sure I, under, I understand this. So, so the building is, so the analysis says, I have this building and I'm going to look within some square radius of the retailers that are relevant in that space. And I'm going to create, I'm going to design this building so that it can be a logistical efficiency for all of those retailers in that space. And then I'm going to build it and lease it to them. Is that how this works? Yeah, it's either retailers or logistics companies or oh, you know, there's there's a couple of whales out there and I think we all know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Well that's Very great. Clever. Yeah. Your daughter should be proud. Claire <laughs> Claire, your daddy is a genius and even though he's not rich now, he's gonna be rich in ten years. And, uh, he's in private equity he's for a while. I know. I think he's he's doing out, okay. yeah. You know, uh, this is America's standard of rich, you know. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on on the show with us tonight. We want you to come back and tell you how it tell us how it's doing. Um, so thank you a lot for coming here. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And you can find out more about Andrew, Richard Perry, or anybody else at Barney's <laughs> if you want to at Innovo, InnovoPG.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-O-P-G.com. Or you can follow them on Twitter at InnovoPG. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.